Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. My name is Gabe, and today, with the help of a friend, I will be talking about the latest episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And here today is Michael Hoover from the A Certain Point of View podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Marin. Thanks for having me, man. This is going to be fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> there are many thoughts and feelings about this one. Um, yeah, so uh, just kind of without preamble, we'll just dive right into it. Uh, again, this one is directed by Deborah Chow. It's uh, part three. Uh, it's written by Joby Harold, Hannah Friedman, Hossein Amini, and Stuart Beatty, which is a lot of people for 40 minutes of TV. Uh, but most importantly, uh, Zach Braff uh, shows up playing a, a giant uh, loyalist mole. Which, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, <laughs> like just, What's his name? Freck? <laughs> is that what his name is? Yeah. Freck the uh, mole. He was fun. Um, well, it went right up until he betrayed them, but, you know, yeah, yeah. he can't have everything. All right, man. Um, so I, I probably do want to get you know some brief thoughts from you as far as how what, what your feelings are on the first two episodes have been kind of coming into this one. Okay, so before this episode, um, I I have been one of the ones that has just absolutely been on board with this show. I, I'm loving it so far. Um, episode one, honestly, is one it's one of my favorite Star Wars Disney Plus episodes so far. I, I would go that far. It really is. It it did everything I've needed it to do for me personally. I know I know <laughs> I know there's some differences of opinion, but <laughs> but uh, for me personally, it did really balance character and plot movement and pacing and all that really really well. Like so far, the last the first the first two specifically have done that for me, and I I've just really I've been invested in this show. I love seeing Obi. Um, I don't love. It's hard to see Obi Wan in this place um it, it definitely is reminiscent of luke from the last jedi it's hard to not think about it um but it is it's hard to see him like this in such a low place and i think they're doing a really good job of showing us that um and and kind of going i don't know i i've i've loved that aspect i've loved that leia was leia was such a surprise and i love um the the young actress that plays her um vivian vivian lira uh, I'm forgetting her last name. Yeah, but she's... I am keeping it right now. <laughs> she has been... Oh, Blair. Vivian Lyra Blair. She has been wonderful. I, I have absolutely loved every second that she's been on screen, except uh, with the ex... With the exception of the uh, of the chase, um, the chase on Alderaan specifically bothered me the most. Um, they should have brought in the stunt person for that one. Yeah, or just edited it better. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have my qualms here and there for sure. This is not a perfect show, and I understand certain criticisms and all that. But um, I'm not going to lie, man. This show has really been doing it for me. Um, all You know, I, I've absolutely loved it. So that's that's my point of view so far. <laughs> so. Well. Um, How about you? How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, if, if you didn't watch last week's review... <laughs> I am kind of the opposite. I just, it's fine. It's fine. It's a show. Things happen. I just, I'm not going to get into all the problems I had last week. A lot of them will kind of reoccur here, but I just have not been feeling it either from a storytelling or filmmaking perspective. It just, it's, it's just not what I want from Star Wars. And not, I'm not even talking about just like, oh, what I expected, but just like sure. the level of quality I want um, from a Star Wars. It just wasn't there. Um, so kind of moving into this episode specifically, um, how are you feeling? 
Again, I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so this one, I think I like this one better than episode two, actually. Okay. Um, I really liked episode two, loved the planet that we were on and all that. Um, but I didn't find the character stuff in it to be quite as gripping. I loved, there was, there was a bunch of things in this episode. Listen, and when I talk about, when I talk about this stuff, um, I mean, I'm not a expert. I'm not an expert in filmmaking or anything like that. I, I feel like I have a pretty good eye, at least for, for very good direction. I feel like I can recognize certain things, but I don't. I'm not, I don't have a trained eye. You know, I'm, I did not go to school for this stuff or anything like this. I, I'm just going by how it hit me when I watched it. And for me, when I watched this episode, um, the, it starts off just really briskly paced and like, you know, we see that, that sh it's like goes back and forth between showing, um, I think it shows Obi-Wan doing stuff and then it goes right back really quickly to showing Vader being put together and like really back and forth. It's just at this kind of brisk pace at the beginning. And it's like, I, I feel like something's going to happen in this episode. And I kind of felt that from the get go. And then there's that, that whole middle section of the episode where, you know, Obi-Wan and Leia are just wandering on this planet. And, um, in the hills of California, what I imagine. <laughs> and I mean, uh, <laughs> via the volume, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. It kind of looked, there were some shots that did look like they were on location. Did, did you, would you agree? Um, I, I, I think there were like a half, I think most of it was volume, but there were a couple like, there was there was a, a few bit shots. bigger they can get. Yeah. There was a few shots. I was like, that seems way way more. That seems live for me. But mm -hmm. um, I did think I I have been on the opposite side of of you on well a lot of things on this show. But really, <laughs> I I feel like Deborah Chow has used the volume much better than some of the people like from the book of Boba Fett and even Mando. Um, I've I've actually thought that like when she in these episodes of Obi Wan, I most of the time I don't feel. I don't feel the volume a lot. I don't feel like they're in a small room. Um, I understand. I, I heard your complaints about like the lighting and stuff last week. Um, and that makes total sense. I, that, that I, I, I get that. I'm surprised I haven't driven you out of our spoiler chat. With all you know, I just mute it sometimes, but then I come back. <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, I, I, I've really enjoyed it and I just like to just enjoy it. And, mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, this episode, I really enjoyed the Obi-Wan and Leia wandering and um, there was, they had a couple of conversations and we're just kind of seeing well, Obi-Wan is now so much more cynical. Like he's so cynical and, and Leia is just Leia is Leia and it's this dichotomy here. And I really love how, how they're doing that through the conversation and that conversation on Frex, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, speeder, truck uh <laughs> where they were talking about leia's mom where they were talking mm. about padme i thought that was such a beautiful part um i really i really like uh just seeing stormtroopers like i feel like they're just like nine to five stormtroopers they're just clocking in clocking out their you, their armor is just dirty and like it, I like seeing that stuff, that side of the empire. And also just like, their relationship with Freck with like, yeah, yes. man. Yeah, I, I like seeing like Freck is just a, an Imperial loyalist and he's just like, he's a citizen that agrees with the empire and he has like a Imperial, <clears throat> excuse me, an Imperial flag on his truck thing. And mm -hmm. I, I like seeing that. That's kind of cool world building stuff, you know? And, um, and then, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Okay. I, I just yeah. kind of, 
uh, kind of jump on there because I had something to say about that. I, I do love that a lot of the some of these shows are showing that some normal people are just like they're they're really okay yes. with what the Empire is doing. Like, and um, you imagine that particularly, you know, not every planet got the worst of the Empire's treatment. So sometimes just mm-hmm. we had a really rough time and these guys came and they made everything peaceful again. So I'm cool with them. Um, and it doesn't, it, I feel like I, I, I like it when it just presents that and doesn't like pass judgment. It's just, this is their a very small, someone with a very small world. This is their perspective on how, how their experience is. Yeah. I just find that very interesting and, and true to life. You know, <laughs> even the worst communist regimes had their, had their fans. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, and they have to, to for a, something like that to work for as long as it did, it has to have citizens that believe in it. And I, the bad batch explored that really well too. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the stormtroopers coming in, they valued loyal stormtroopers who choose to come serve rather like more than clones who are programmed to. And, um, and those like, you know, that elite squad that, that come up in the show that, that one guy was talking about, yeah, the empire is feeding me and they're paying me and the Republic never did that for me. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just like seeing that side of things really interesting. Did you read uh lost stars? Not yet. It's on my book okay. right over here, but I, I haven't read it yet. There's a main character who's kind of exactly in that position. It's really fascinating. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. I think it's great. And I think the show is doing a good job of that. Um, and really, like a lot of the shows right now, I, I like I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, dude, obviously the Vader stuff, man. I, I know we're going to differ on some of this, but I really I, I loved the way that that or all of it. <laughs> um, I love the way that Vader was portrayed, man. I I loved he. Between this and Rebels, I think he's actually pretty terrifying in Rebels. Um, between this and Rebels and then and uh, and Rogue One, we're seeing some truly terrifying Vader. And for mm-hmm. me, like when he's just walking down the middle of that street and he's just like trying to draw Obi-Wan out and he's he force chokes this guy and then his de- his kid runs out and is like, Dad, and he force chokes the kid back into the wall and then he snaps his neck with the force and it's terrifying. Like I was genuinely that terrified. was the Vader part I liked. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you liked that. I uh, honestly, man, that part was just like I I was I was sitting here by myself at two o'clock in the morning watching, and I'm just like, oh god, I am terrified. And I love that. I did. You know, I you watch these older move the older movies now, and I know he was probably more scary back then, but you watch some of it now and it's not super scary. Um, Vader isn't. And uh, Palpatine is, but <laughs> Vader isn't. I think, um, I think uh, Irvin Kershner made, made him super scary. In, agreed. In, uh, of the Empire. three movies, he was the, he was scariest in that movie, for sure. Um, when he's like throwing that stuff on the wall at Luke. and that, Or just like comes out of the darkness, looming oh, over Luke. It's yeah, uh, so good. That yeah. shot is just, that'll give you nightmares. Yeah. yeah. So good. But man, I loved it. I loved the, f- I actually loved the fight. I know it It wasn't our full on big showdown with the two of them. I'm fully expecting a second showdown. To me, this was fateful. This was a vengeful Vader facing a broken man. That was a shell of himself. It's not Obi-Wan. This is broken Ben. <laughs> like, and, mm-hmm. and I think Vader noticed that. Like when I was watching the reason, the reason why I kind of felt like, he could get Ben if he could get Ben through the flames if he wanted to. I kind of felt like he was just like, this is not what I wanted. Like I, this is, this is really sad to me. Like I, I kind of want 
to face him when he's been Obi Wan again. <laughs> like I, because he he even did that with Luke in the original trilogy. He was like, oh, too easy. And he, like, I, I feel like he wants that, and I feel like he was. I kind of took it as he is definitely like this is he he's thinking this is not this is not the man that I remember. What is what has happened to this man? And he's gonna not, sit him down. What are you doing with your life, man? Yeah, Come on, this is so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a real rematch here. And uh man, when he dragged him through the fire, I was just like, man, this is I, I loved it. I loved it. And I know I'm fully expecting, you know, obviously I'm expecting a lot of character stuff with Obi-Wan as the show goes on in a in another showdown. And I think it's gonna be really good. I, I'm expecting it. And I'm I'm sure you're expecting it to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well I, I was I was planning to go back to some positives before we talked about Vader, but uh you brought oh. it up, so here we are. <laughs> um honestly, like I don't even mind well not I can't say that. I, I have a central problem with the notion of vader and obi-wan meeting between revenge of the sith and a new hope i feel like i feel like the implication of all their dialogue and interaction is well essentially it's summed up in the line you know when i left i was but the learner now i'm the master like i, I feel like it should be it should have their relationship should have ended with with revenge of the sith and then they meet together in a new hope and they clash and that then it plays out the way it does and i feel like any interaction between them kind of cheapens that one. Um, so just uh, automatically when I heard Hidden Christian was cast as Darth Vader, everyone was going, yes, I was I was doing like the Vader, no, scream. <laughs> just because I, I, I don't want to see it. But putting that aside, you know, I will, I'm, I'm, I'm here for story. I'm here, I like watching good things. So even if I think the larger lore is injured, I still, I st- I'll st- I'm still willing to say that, you know, in isolation, they can create a good sequence between them because there is drama. <laughs> There's plenty of drama there to sure. mine. Um, so ultimately, comes out. I, I, I'm just, I truly hate how they handled Vader here, and it's mostly summed up in I think the filmmaking. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I love story, but also I, I love just the craft of filmmaking. Just how a shot when you shoot from this angle and you put in these sound effects and this music, it creates an emotion. It's just like all like the feelings we feel interacting with a movie are so often come down to, you know, one, the story and acting, but also just techniques that they are employing. The reason the Death Star trench run in a new hope is so exciting is the way it's cut. It's the way John Williams score interacts with the, with the imagery. Um, or just take your pick of a great Star Wars moment. It's well directed, probably. Um, exception of a couple of pretty cool moments. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so and <laughs> my, my complaint with Obi Wan Kenobi as a larger series, but specifically the Vader scenes, is that I think they're kind of badly directed. And I'm going to give some examples of that, and it's going to get technical. But I I don't know how to really get across my critiques without getting technical. Yeah. I think Vader's first scene is is interesting that way um, because. Okay, we, there, there are a lot of scenes in movies, but specifically in Star Wars, where you'll have the bad guys, or even good people, and someone will hologram in and and be either be threatening or some. It'll be an un, uncomfortable interaction where you have a superior who's in power talking down to an inferior. Think um, the Emperor 
coming in and talking to Newt Gunray in The Phantom Menace, uh, the Emperor and Vader in, in The Empire Strikes Back. The list goes on. Um, you know, Maul and Kira in the end of Solo. And you'll notice when you think about those scenes, almost always we see those sequences from the perspective of the person being of, of the weaker party, Newt Gunray, Vader, Kira. And the threatening Snow person Kylo. is yes, the threatening person is calling in. And we stick with it with the perspective of the person receiving, and it's about their reactions, you know, how how their fear, how they react. To, and it makes you know the person in power feels remote, feels powerful. Um and they shoot this scene from Vader's perspective. Mm-hmm. And Reva is the one calling in. And I think just I think there I just I think the lighting is also bad and things like that. But I think that scene is ultimately robbed of its power because she shot it from the wrong angle. And there's just it's just a weird thing like that to where when you the person the person from which you shoot that thing is is defines how the power structure and power struggle of this interaction ha- is happening. And by shooting it with Vader from Vader's perspective, it just feels confusing. I don't know the human I don't know like the the, the dynamics of power in that scene. And which is a problem. If Vader is in a scene, he is the one in control. And the visual language of how she shot that sequence is confusing. And, and, I, and I, I just spent the day kind of thinking about various sequences that I like this. And all of them kind of you know, subscribe to my theory of that the person in power has to be calling in. I don't know. Do you, does that make sense to you? Yeah, dude, honestly, it does. I totally that makes a lot of sense. I totally grab my power cord, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I it totally makes sense. I understand your perspective there. Um, and I, I actually, uh, I think you described that really well. Um, the only thing that I would say that is, uh, that is to, to counter it, it. And the only thing I really can say, and it's not on a technical level. It's just the only thing I can say is that I know Vader and I, and, and I know because of the language of, because of the language of the show so far, and because of what I've seen in star Wars so far, I know Vader and I know Reva and I know the power structure. And so when I, when I saw this scene, I never once thought about that. I never once felt like this feels weird to me. I never, I never once, I understand the, the, the criticism too, of like that shot feeling. I've seen several people point out that shot specifically feels fan made. Um, I, I guess I can see that to a degree, but I even that like when I'm watching it, I'm just seeing Vader on his throne in Mustafar and I'm there, you know, and I can just speak from my experience. And it did not hit me that way It hit me in. It hit me in a way every second that Vader was on the screen, he stole the show. And every set, every word that he said, his lines were great. His the, his the way that they that it was delivered was great it sounded better than it did in rogue one like technically to me hmm. um like his voice sounded better and i know there was like there's some ai in there and all that stuff but I, yeah yeah J- james Earl jones is credited i've heard some people say that maybe it was entirely recreated the way they did luke's voice mm-hmm. um other people say maybe it was just james Earl jones recorded them and then they cleaned them up but yeah it, it sounded great it sounded great man it, it did it felt like he was it sounded like younger vader it really did um and so I don't know, man. Like when every second Vader was on the screen, I'm just telling you my experience watching it here in this room was just, I was, it was intense 
and I was here for almost all of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but dude, I totally, the way that you described that makes total sense to me from a technique perspective. But again, it didn't hit me that way. It, I just, I, I get it, but it didn't hit me that way. It's kind of the curse of, you know, learning more and more about filmmaking and film craft is when things are good, you enjoy it so much more than when things are, don't measure up to that. It's like, I get it, man. Uh, th things that, you know, people who don't know that they just, they, they can love it because they're seeing something on screen. They're like, oh my yeah. gosh, that light is in the wrong place. What are they doing? It's kind of, the, it's kind <laughs> of this thing. Like I'm a musician, man. And so like when, a lot of times I'm listening to music and people are freaking out over it, and I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why people love this so much. I mean, I'm glad you do, but I don't. <laughs> um, and and then, it's, it's the same thing with like comic books. I actually haven't read hardly any comics. And I've viewed that lately as a positive because I can actually watch these MCU movies and not be like, well, in the comics, they did this and they did this differently and they should have done st stuck to the comics. That kind of criticism gets on my nerves a lot of time because I'm like, well, the movies are different <laughs> and um, and they should be different, by the way. Why would you want to see the exact same thing on the screen that you read in a book already? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I just, you know, I like having a certain level of ignorance even though i don't want to be uh you know an idiot so <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on the subject i mean I, there's another filmmaking critique that i have because like, again this this is my the primary thing blocking me from enjoying the show there's a scene and there's there's gifs and videos of it up on twitter now a scene where you know the first time vader and obi-wan meet like he ignites his lightsaber and I, <laughs> this has to do with like directions like Obi-Wan, he runs off screen this way. Yeah. And then they come back to Vader and come back to the, what looks like the same angle. And Obi-Wan runs back on screen this way. That so it matter. looks like it's, it, 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 it's, it's, a com it's literally like a comedic technique where you'll have someone exit screen and then come back on screen. Like it's, it's, a, comedic, it's a comedic beat technique. Yep. And it's, it's called the 180 line where you should you, – you, um, basically – you you want to keep all keep the directions going the same way. So mm -hmm. if Obi Wan ran off screen this way, next scene he needs to come he in to come and keep going way, that yeah. way. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's called the one eighty line. Yeah, it's more complicated than that. It's, but it's like filmmaking technique one hundred and one. I I don't understand. It's it's baffling to me. This is Lucasfilm. This is Disney. This is yeah, probably the biggest studio in existence right now as far as money they're making. I don't know how to not feel like personally offended as a viewer. <laughs> I paid you my money. You, how could you not even, why are you giving me this kind of thing? I don't know. It's just kind of ridiculous. Um, I, uh, I, dude, I, <laughs> you've heard, you've heard me talk about it, about my, my thoughts on this stuff. I, I saw that part in the, in the, uh, when I watched it and I noticed it, I was like, wait, did he come back? <laughs> No, wait, where's Vader? I don't know. It was, it did. You're right. It felt like, it felt like a comedic, like he was coming back to say a joke or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so no, I'm with you. I'm with you, the other way. I'm with you. That was, that was bad. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, that, that part took me out of it to where I had to be like, wait, I'm actually confused where Obi-Wan is and where Vader is right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's the worst offender, but then there are like a lot of little things like that for me. Sure. Uh, but, but going back to some positives, um, for the first half of this episode, I thought I was going to like it even more than the first two. Mm -hmm. um, just when it's just Obi-Wan and uh, Leia 
kind of either wandering around the grass or riding the back of the truck, just kind of having conversations. It's like, yeah, this is really sweet. It was good, man. Um, and especially once it got um, to, or, or even in the opening where she asked, you know, <laughs> we get you know, the, because that's not how the force works line. <laughs> and then she asked, you know, how does it feel? And oh, his answer dude. was, you know, have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn the light on? I feel safe. Yes. I feel like that. That was so Which is good, man. Per, a perfect Star Wars line. Um, and like just there's stuff like that. Uh, and just the, the idea. Remember, you don't talk. Hi, I'm Luma. Just, the way yeah. she ignores every single direction he gives is funny. Um, then talking about, you know, her mother. Sometimes I see your mother's face. Uh, we all miss her very much. Just mm. kind of getting that. Are you are you my real father? I wish I could say I was just, it, it's so adorable. Yeah, man. I totally agree. Uh, their conversations that they were having, I was hanging on every single word. I, I actually forgot that about, I forgot that the scene that you were talking about where he describes what the force is like, I forgot that was in this episode because it was on the ship. Um, and uh, that's one of my favorite, you know, you, you, I go back to Obi-Wan talking to Luke in his hut um, at the beginning of A New Hope. I love when he talks about it there. I love when Yoda talks about it um, on Dagobah. I love when Ryan Johnson uh, when uh, on uh, when I Ryan, love it when Ryan Johnson talks. Period. I love I love yeah when anything. <laughs> um, I love it when when Luke is telling Ray about what it's like, and then it goes through that montage of like these like you know death life like uh, this all this stuff. I think that's this scene kind of goes up there in that echelon of when people are describing what the force is like and how I react to it. I reacted in such a way that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> and so I, I loved it, man. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's so good. Um, another positive I have, I, I like the idea of this uh, kind of underground railroad that's yes. been set up where they can, if they find a force sensitive person, Jedi child, anyone, they kind of like, Funnel them out of uh, out of uh, the the uh, inner rim and get them you know, to safety. Really, um, cool. that was really cool. Did you um, have a, did, uh, did, I actually have a criticism here. Do you think that it's a smart idea to for these Jedi that have been there to like carve their names on the walls? And like... I I thought that the same thing. Like, yes, a top secret base <laughs> with a full history of your crimes written on the wall. Yeah, good like, thinking. In, in theory, like when I was watching the scene, I was like, "This is so cool! I love this!" And I was like, "Wait, this is this is stupid. Why? Why would they do this?" <laughs> it's, How it's many people are going to be arrested? It's just blowing her cover so bad. Um, and by the way, I love that character Tala. I thought she was really great. Um, mm. I, I really liked her, and I liked her chemistry with Obi Wan, just kind of on screen. I thought they were really great together. Another great example of someone who bought into the lie of the Empire. And join mm -hmm. them willingly, then later learn the truth. Yeah, and I like the dichotomy there too because it's like we're seeing uh, we're seeing Obi Wan who, to this point, he's made these big mistakes and he's just like sitting in them, sitting mm -hmm. in that shame. Whereas, you know, Tala made these mistakes and she's doing something about it. She's she's doing something about it, and I. I like we're kind of seeing that with different characters throughout the show. And eventually we're going to build up to where Obi-Wan does the same. And I'm really excited for it. Mm, it feels like Obi-Wan's 
primary arc in this show is going to be learning to trust again. Mm-hmm. He keeps on yelling at Leia, you know, not everyone is good. <laughs> what's the, what's the, her life of the previous episode? You know, why is it so hard to believe someone want to help you? <laughs> um, and so I think, and then seeing this, seeing all the carvings of the wall, how many, you know, all the good these people have done, you know, meeting a friend who saves his life in the end. Um, yep. I think that's going to be kind of his, his primary arc is just, there are good people out there helping maybe i can do that as well because that's essentially like he was he was in this position in the first episode a jedi came to him for help and he had nothing to give and now seeing someone probably in in even more difficult position than him you know this imperial officer surrounded by stormtroopers she's still helping and you know maybe i can as well um so they think that could be a good arc going forward yeah um anything else in particular that stood out to you before we get to kind of the climax um you mean the climax of the episode or the climax of this episode <laughs> oh this um, episode before we get okay. to that any other any other uh moments or scenes or themes or whatever that stuck out stuck out Man. well i'm glad i i'm glad i remembered to bring up tala because i really really liked her character a lot um you know uh, i thought reva was better in this episode she was one of my criticisms before it's not like i thought she was terrible but i i i guess i didn't really feel like she was giving a very layered uh, performance. I like the character. I like what the character is doing. I like the conflict between Inquisitors. Um, I really love Sun Kang as a as an Inquisitor. I think he's great. I actually, I really do. Um, and his, I, I like his comeback. You know, I love Four Blood Vader. He was. I don't, he's already been informed. He was most. He was most appreciative. appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you know, del- you're deliberately drawing that line out. Classic. You know, dark side force user uh you know rivalry going on and i really mm. i really liked that um and i thought reva was really good i thought she was more layered here and i'm really curious how her interactions are gonna go with leia coming up going in the next episode i i i'm not entirely sure that reva's gonna be a villain at the end of this show and mm. i i don't know i don't know why i don't you know, obviously, there's a whole bunch of theories out there and all that. I I don't know that I don't know that I fully believe it, but I do wonder. Like, I can see her, I can see some something where her, you know, I don't know if she interacts with something about the way that maybe she finally meets up with Obi Wan and he's not what she thought that he would be. In fact, like in a good way, and and maybe I don't know. Maybe Leia has a positive influence and uh, over time by the end of the show. I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like this is it. This could be setting her up to ultimately like she's just a full on villain and she she's going to die that way in the show, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or she could be in for a bit of a redemption here. And I, I feel like maybe spending some time with Leia might be this just a first little step. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just curious of how this is going to go. Yeah, I don't the, have the, any the, full-on the, theories. There's some possible implications that she was one of the younglings in the opening scene. Um, oh, I took that as almost 100% that she was. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. Um, I I don't like Reva. I, I, not because I think the character idea is sound. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that, that sense of infighting. I just don't like the performance. And, you know, there's a thing happening with the fandom. You know, uh, and McGregor put out that message confronting mm-hmm. some of the just, you know, vile racist comments. Obviously, I agree with all that, you know. Of course, don't, yeah. Like, even if they weren't racist, don't message the actor and tell them you didn't. Like, just the, 
Why would you does do that? that man? Who does that, man? Like yeah. you're the worst type of person to do that. Yeah. And like, I think she's giving a bad performance, but also I'm proud of you and McGregor for like, you know, she's part of his crew. You stick up for your crew. You don't throw them under the bus. You know, like, so all of that, you know, I'm glad he did that. Yeah, absolutely. I still don't like her. <laughs> oh, by um, the way, you see the just, fandom menace is totally review bombing this show, by the way. <laughs> that's not surprising at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, which is funny because I thought this was like going to be their, their big, you know, last hope or whatever for Disney Star Wars. But I guess nope. that didn't pan out. <laughs> you're not going to get the paychecks, I guess, if you're, uh, if you love something anymore. Bing, bing, bing. Um, yeah, so like that would be interesting. I don't entirely have confidence that Moses Ingram can pull off the kind of redemption, the, you know, the kind of performance that the redemption arc would require. But maybe I, I, I did dislike her less this time around. So maybe she's just getting into the role. Maybe uh, her know, and Shower are she was either nominated up more. She was either nominated or she did win an Emmy uh, for the Queen's wait, Gambit, right? Was it the Queen's Gambit? Wait, 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 wait did you watch that? I did was she not. the best friend? I think she I might did. have been the best friend. I didn't the see character. the show, but I know I know she was either nominated or won um, an Emmy for that. So I have to believe, like, I, 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 I actually saw more in this episode that was more layered, and I really thought that she was better in this one particular. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know, man. I kind of, uh-huh. I kind of have to. I have to believe that she's got it in her at skill wise. I, I wonder if it was director choice. I think it's, kind of- it's, I think it's the volume. I think something about the volume is like returning us to the prequel era. We're like, this is, mm. these are great actors. This is one of our best actors. Like ta- why is Terrence Stamp wooden? Like there's no logical explanation for this. You know, why is, why is Sam Jackson giving these weird line readings? I feel like something about this kind of remote filmmaking is hurting mm. performance. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Like, because like that's the consistent thread across. I think like I think Mando has a lot of like weird line readings. I think not not that character, but just in the show. I think Boba Fett had a lot of weird performances. This one's having weird performances, and like the consistent thread is these were all shot in the volume. It's a lot of different filmmakers, a lot of different actors. So what's the consistent thread? That's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on to the final Vader confrontation. Uh, I feel like we have such polar opposite uh, opinions. I did like the way he kind of just walks <laughs> down the street, just torturing people, like, you know, trying to bring oh. a Jedi out of hiding. Like, that's very brutal, but probably effective technique. And then the stalking happens, and you've got the weird running off, running back on. <laughs> and I, this, every moment of the, this confrontation felt to me like it was a fan film. It didn't feel like it was directed by a professional director with, you know, lots of money at their, you know, at their uh, beck and call. Uh, and it's just, it's, you know, it's lighting, it's sound, it's performance, it's choreography, it's cinematography. Like it's just all the things are just less than I feel like they should have been. And just kind of, I, I could never get into it because it never felt like I was watching an actual official Lucasfilm <laughs> movie level production. Um, and just like, again, staging issues. I mentioned one. Another thing like where he, he light, you know, he lights it on fire, drags it, we went through it. And then, um, what's Tara? What's the what's Tala. the uh, Tala. Tala? Tala puts the fire out. Or, no, no, reignites it, and then Vader's like, "Oh, I can't. You know, I I just I just put out the fire three seconds ago, but now there's fire again, and so I'll just stand here and let him escape." <laughs> maybe it was like you said. Maybe it was like, "Oh, this is just depressing. I'm gonna let you go and heal and recover. Then we'll fight again, make this better." Maybe it was like that. But I feel like just the the way these seats are set up. 
the the obstacle they put in Vader's way was not believable at all as something as something that would stop him from killing the person he hates most in the galaxy. Uh, just just things like that are constantly happening to where they're taking me out, just making me irritated and confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of, I, I, yeah, obviously I disagree, but I, I see what you're saying there. Even if I for, personally, when I was watching it, that's how I took it. I took it as this is honestly, this has been pathetic that, that I don't want to beat you in this shape. Like I really don't. This is, you know, the way that Vader is, it's kind of on brand for him. And I, I, so for me, I kind of feel like that's I, at least I, that's how I could explain it to myself. Um, that's how I read it. And, but I also see your point. Like I, they could have, they could have left this up for people to see it the way I did, or they could have made it uh, make sense where they could have had an obstacle there that was, too much for vader to get through for some like mm. they could they're on like an industrial they're in like an industrial area of this planet like they they like there's equipment and stuff i don't know they could have done something i'm with you they could have done something better there i guess could have uh, dropped was, an atst on him like they did in rebels <laughs> that that would have been sick and then it gives like and then they could do the same kind of thing like in rebels because it gives them time to escape but you also see vader lifting it up <laughs> That would, that was that would have been great. Um, listen, I don't know. I love it. I like the way the sabers sound. I think they sound so good, and I think they look great. I think that uh, I like the lighting on the faces of like the you know the blue and the red. Um, it didn't felt it didn't feel fan made to me when I was watching it. I genuinely was like I I keep saying this, and this is just because it's the way it hit me when I'm when I was watching this episode. I was like at the edge of my seat and genuinely terrified because of Vader. And also like, I have to see what happens here. And also kind of, it was heartbreaking to see Obi-Wan rolling around in those flames like that. Like it, it was disturbing to me. And, and so like all of like, I think this is where you and I are going to differ the most is because you want to sit here and watch and feel the things that they want you to feel and you're not feeling them. Whereas I'm feeling them. I am mm -hmm. feeling, I felt the emotion of Obi-Wan in episode one of this show. Um, when he was all alone on Tatooine, I felt all of that. And like, I've just been hooked on the show ever since. And in this scene, I felt all of that in that, in uh, when Obi-Wan's rolling around and even when Obi-Wan is like, you know, Vader's just doing his one hand thing. And Obi-Wan is using two hands and he's just like so weak. He's so weak and it's, he's a shell of himself. It's, and I truly believe we're going to get another fight. And I truly believe this is, this is, this wasn't even Obi-Wan versus Vader. This was like, this is like some old hermit versus Vader. This is not, mm -hmm. this is not the Obi-Wan that we know. It's not the Obi-Wan that Vader knows. And we're going to get that. And I'm excited for it. Man. It needs to have play. a Rocky training montage. Episode, <laughs> in episode four, you know, he's off somewhere healing, doing the montage, you know, build up a strength. It's going to be a rematch. It's going to go down differently. Um, would, it, would, it, would it be like I have the tiger music or something? Exactly. So some kind of Star Wars you know, jazz band. <laughs> doing something <laughs> max rebo band <laughs> yeah um yeah so like I, I i think on paper 
I think they did all the right things. Like the the tone of the conversation, I think was the correct. They were going for was the correct one. It just lines like you know what happened to you. I am what I you am, made me. Oh man, oh. very good. Um, again, you know, getting revenge, dragging to the fire. I think very good thematic idea mm-hmm. execution, <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. So excellent. Yeah, but I feel like if I read the synopsis, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Um, so I guess thematically they're on point. And and I, and I I was, I think maybe going back to maybe having a bit more hope for the future of this ep- the series is that I was feeling Obi Wan much more emotionally in the first half of this episode okay. when it's quiet moments like when it's just you know two actors talking to each other you because because these big scenes require so much technical stuff that I felt wasn't there when it's just two people talking I feel like the series can sort of deliver sure. in those moments um, and you, I think Ewan is very good. Dude, he's great. Green screen, um, green screen, real place, the volume, anywhere you put him, Ewan's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what? Uh, one thing that uh, I, I do want to get your um kind of perspective on this. Where uh, Je- Je- Jeff in the live chat asked, you know, how do they re- reestablish Obi Wan and Vader's interaction in A New Hope? I guess what he thinks he, but I think he means is you know because of that line you know when I, when I left I was with the learner and now I'm the master. How do you reconcile that with knowing that they met and that Vader already kicked Obi Wan's butt really bad? How does that line now make sense for you? For me, I'm like it doesn't. I hate it. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Yeah, to me, there's so much room in that line because to me, it's not literally the last time that I saw you and I l- physically left you. I was but the learner. <laughs> I take it as when I left you, as in when I disaligned myself with you, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. And so you could see, like, you know, you can see, he could still see him 10 years later. And that line still means the same thing to me because he's not, he hasn't been with, he hasn't been with Obi-Wan. When I was, when I was, when I left you, meaning, when I left your side, when we were together, and now now we're not, um, in 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 our fight, I was but the learner. I, I think there's so much room to play there. I don't I don't think I think that's way more of a. I I don't think that's literally last time that I saw you and I left you. Then I was but the learner. I don't think that's I I don't take it. I don't need it to mean that. It could mean that, but it could also mean, you know, I was. When we were on the same side, I was the learner. Now I'm the master. I I can take it that way too. And it was not he even kind of the master as he's dragging him through the fire. Like, it, isn't he kind of the master there already? <laughs> I don't know. It, it feels like a bit of a reach for me. Um, but again, you're to... saying. But again, you're saying you're you're still thinking of it as when I physically left your presence last. That's. Oh, not I, what... I was thinking more of you know. But now I am the master. Whereas like, you've been the master for ten years at least because you just. I have a problem. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Not a problem. I have a feeling we're going to get another fight with him. And I think it's going to go much better for Obi-Wan this time. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to just straight up beat him. I think it's going to be a much better fight. And I think it's, I think Obi-Wan is going to, I think it's going to be much better. I don't think it's going to feel that this way. Except I think, I feel like Vader needs to end this series thinking Obi-Wan is dead. Cause I do not believe like if, Vader thought Obi was alive. I feel like he would tear up the entire galaxy to find and kill him. Like that is 
that's how he's been presented in basically every single book, comic, show, mm-hmm. anything out there. If Vader knew everyone was alive, I feel like he would find and kill him. I feel like he yeah. kind of got it. He has to believe he's dead by the end of it. Maybe. I, yeah, it could be. I don't know. All I know is right now that line has room to play. Like you could, you could take that literally or figuratively. Does to it me. Though? Oh yeah, it totally <laughs> does, man. So much room uh, to play. <laughs> yeah, don't break your arm with that reach, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel uh, like I'm reaching at all. <laughs> um. So, uh, how how are you feeling about I guess, the future of the show going forward? Um, like, I left last episode thinking, like, what is this show going to be? And I'm still kind of feeling like that. Like, what do you think? What story do you think they're going to be telling for the for the next half of the series? Yeah, I think I think they're going to be telling. Uh, you know, part of the reason I like this show is I have no, I have really no idea. From the first episode when Le- when Leia showed up on Alderaan, I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> We're so okay, okay. So this is what I've I've had no idea what was going to happen. I figured we would have seen Vader." at like episode four or five. <laughs> so we've already seen him in all of his glory way early. And we really saw him. Um, so man, is, I, I kind of love that. I don't have any real theory, any real theories to go on, but, um, but if, if I'm really thinking about it, I'm definitely expecting, you know, Obi-Wan to get back to the Obi-Wan that we know in a new hope. I'm expecting that transformation to happen um, at least, at least for him to get back on that path. Cause you know, we still got nine years till a new hope. So, um, he's going to at least get back on that path and find peace again. And he's going, and I believe that Qui-Gon is going to play a role in that. Um, I think we're yeah. going to see Qui-Gon there. They're hinting at it. Like, I mean, to the point where if they be hinting with a sledgehammer, <laughs> if, they, if he doesn't show up, it's going to be a massive failure on their part. I mean, they're teasing us at this point. And so I expect Qui-Gon to show up. I expect that to be part of his development in this. And I expect to sob my eyes out, um, my, during that scene. But my only worry is that, you know, Liam Neeson very much looks like a 70 year old man now and their de-aging has been inconsistent. De-aging and force ghost. Like you can, I don't know. Like I I feel like you can hide things and uh, the voice will also be interesting. Um, Plus the de-aging in the, in the book of Boba Fett was much improved uh, from, from what it was in the Mandalorian, even though I still have, I have issues with the whole, not, I feel like they should just recast. I have issues with not having a real like performance instead, like with with what they did with Luke. Mm-hmm. I have problems with that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel. I can, I have a hard time connecting with that. Um, but it looked really weirdly good. Yeah, that <laughs> and, modulation, and it like bad. it sounds perfect, but there's no inflection. So, like I'm there's missing, no. Uh, it sounds a little robotic and I can't connect with it as much as some people did. And uh, as good as that episode was of the, of the book of Boba Fett, that, that did it, that does mess with me. And so anyway, Mm -hmm. they could do something similar with Qui-Gon as a force ghost and it wouldn't bother me nearly as much. Um, And uh, also because I know the character's dead and they're not going to, you know, (laughs) you know, so, Oh, the funny thing is they just had the announcement from Star Wars Celebration mm. that Liam Neeson's going to be voicing, returning to voice Qui-Gon and that yep. his son is yep. going to voice a, ch- a young, maybe not child, but a young teenage Qui-Gon. 
So cool. um, maybe they can blend that together. Yeah. You no, know, he he's done voice acting, so maybe he can modulate his voice to make himself sound. I mean, younger. he came back for the Clone Wars, and with that Yoda art, that was him. That was him. That was actually him. Why? Why did mm-hmm. they think he was a voice actor? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm 99% positive. You only have me questioning it in 1% now, <laughs> but no, I'm pretty sure uh-huh. that's him. That's him. He came back for it and he sounded great. So no, man, if, the, if Qui-Gon shows up as a, you know, as a force ghost, when he does, I, I really think that between the fact that the aging has got the de-aging has gotten better and the fact that he'll be a force ghost, I think they can, I think it'll be good. Yeah. It'd be I'm thinking about with how that scene would go. It would be really cool if we could see Qui-Gon, absolve absolve obi-wan of a little bit of that guilt as in like i made this choice i put it on you when you were not you were young you were not ready like you were you were great you were a good man but you were still young you weren't ready to take on such a difficult person it's not all your fault dude do you kind of have you ever read the a certain point of view book before i've forgotten almost all the details i just remember i love the obi-wan story (laughs) there is a scene in there with qui-gon and obi-wan it's actually called it, it's it's by claudia gray and it's called master and apprentice mm-hmm. and so and i think i guess that came before the actual novel but this this short story between them that's kind of similar to what happens although it's not the first time they've seen each other um it's the first time that qui-gon has brought that up but it, it, he talks very much very similar to how you are if i can see that on screen i would love it i would love it yeah it's beautiful i, I just Something about the, I feel like there's been so few lengthy conversations in this show. I feel like the, the conversations I love are just like a, a quote, a snippet. I really hope that uh, Joby Harrell, the writer, can get them to just stop. Give us 10 minutes. Sit in it for a of while. Of real character dialogue and emotion. You don't, uh, that's what Star Wars is like. Half of Empire Strikes Back is a boy and a puppet sitting in a mud hut, you know. <laughs> yep talking to each other like star wars is action it's adventure it's explosions but also it's the people yeah you know i totally agree man yeah absolutely so what's so funny is we you and i actually really agree on what we like about star wars (laughs) it's so funny how vehemently opposed we are on this show (laughs) yeah but i also like that we can talk about it you know this is fun Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 much more pleasant disagreeing with you than uh some people out there (laughs) All right. Anything else at all you wanted to mention before we uh, kind of close this out? This is the best show ever. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it's not. No, I, I really, lo- I, I really love it. Um, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, and yeah, man, I, I think we've talked about pretty much everything about this episode. I, I very much enjoyed it. And I think if I was to rank the episodes, I think I, I still think the first one is my favorite. Um, it just really, yeah, the, the first one really hit me in all the feels. Um, but then I would, I would put this one right behind it. And then, and then episode two, the first one is the one I dislike the least. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, it's your favorite I've, one. I've kind of given up hope, you know, for this series as in like, I, I fully expect there to be great moments, great scenes, great bits here and there, but it's just kind of like, I know it's the same writer. I know it's the same director for the next three episodes. Mm. Like, yeah. And I feel like know, there's, there's very much a cap on what I, on the, 
on what I expect this show can achieve. And it's not, it's pretty low, sadly. Well, you brought that up last here. week. I, I, when I was listening to you and Drew talk, you brought that up. I was like, well, at least with like the Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett, you have that hope that like maybe next week can be better because they have a different director and a different, like, you know what I mean? Like you, like you may not like this episode that was directed by, I don't know, Dave Filoni, but you really like, but you know, next week we got Rick Famuyiwa <laughs> directing. And so, you know, it's it's always or you don't know that I guess Dude. until until it happens. But um, I mean I we agree on him, man. Our his episodes are so freaking good. Rick Famuyiwa is now an executive producer on the entire series. They saw that they're bringing him on. Hopefully, he's going to write a lot more too. I hope so. I hope he writes and still directs. I I still want him to be hands on with with all this. I'm sure he will. Yeah, but, I was really rooting for him to do Ahsoka. Hopefully, he has an episode or two. Dude, if he is, gosh, if he directs some Ahsoka, that would be so good. Also, Andor. I just want, I want him to do some Andor as well. Or is that just the same? Is that the similar oh, thing? He's is not it, doing Andor. Is like entirely different. Like, I don't think it was shot in the volume. Tony Gilroy's the showrunner. I think it's. I don't think Filoni or Favreau have any any say over that show. It's so. Is it just? Is it just one or two directors for the whole thing? Is it? I like, think it's like four. This? Okay. I think it's like it's like four. It's 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 a lot more like a normal TV show. The, the, gotcha. Where that, dude, it's, it's, that it's, a, it's it's a lot of TV, like a really professional TV directors. Whereas kind of right, the Mandalorian was just like, hey, five was like, hey, I like you. You want to direct an episode? It's kind of like a really yeah. weird amalgamation of people. Uh, some good ones though. Yeah, it's some not good ones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for Andor. I could talk I could talk about Andor, but we gotta gotta move on. Hey, we agree. Um, That's my most anticipated now. It's, it's funny. I was just before we did this, I was listening to a, an old interview with Gilroy, and they asked him, "Would you do a Star Wars movie?" He's like, "No, I don't care about Star Wars. I don't even like Star Wars. Whatever." <laughs> but somehow they got him back for this. <laughs> for That's Andor. So, so funny. Uh, which is part of why I'm so excited for it. I, th- I think there's something cool about a non-fan coming in and just just telling a good Dude, story. I totally agree. You don't have to be a good like you don't have to be a good fan to to make a good story in that world. I think that's a myth. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So before we head out, I want to give you a chance to plug your show. Where can people find you and all that? Yeah, man. Um. Appreciate it. Uh. So our my podcast is called A Certain Point of View. We have an episode a week generally. Um, I'm a parent now, so sometimes it's a little less, but, uh, we are doing review episodes on Obi-Wan, uh, after that, I mean, there's so much Star Wars content coming up, we will be covering, but we also do deep dive episodes and ranking episodes and stuff like that. Just lots of fun stuff. We got me, Josh Mesker, who is obviously an admin over here, and then we have Curry Morris, Drew Miller, and Jessica McNair, uh, my co-hosts, and... Uh, we kind of rotate in and out, but I, um, it's really fun over there. You can follow us on Twitter at, um, at certain underscore POV pod and uh, Instagram and TikTok. We are at certain point of view pod. So you go follow us there. That'd be great. All right. And uh, you'll come join us in uh, the outer rim, a star Wars group on Facebook. Uh, you know, all positive, constructive conversation, none of the crazy hate and all that. Um, you know, uh, Check us out on YouTube as well, The Outer Rim, a Star Wars channel. Like this video, subscribe over there. Um, And we will be back next Thursday with our review of part four. See ya.